Wow, it is great to see you guys. You know, in 36 years of ministry, I have seen some crazy things. I've seen some incredible things. I have been in, I, I couldn't even fathom how many worship experiences in those 36 years. But one worship experience stands out for me just about more than any other. It's the one time that I believe I saw God leave a worship service. You know, God said, if my people should call by, if, I mean, he said, if, that he would inhabit the praises of his people. When we come together, two or three gathered, I'll be in their midst. And I believe God was there, but I'm pretty convinced that I saw God leave. When Michelle and I were in, still in Louisiana at that church called Bethel, and God was moving when we got there. It was about 25 adults, and by this time, it's the largest church in the county, and God has opened up the spigot, and there's an incredible move going. There's buzz all around the whole county, and we were, we were getting ready for a revival, a, not a real revival, but a series of meetings that we call revival. Some of you guys remember those. I had a friend of mine, his name is Sonny Holland, an incredible revivalist was coming to speak and we had prepared, we had visited, we had prayed, we had sought God and there was an incredible amount of anticipation. Sunday morning came and Sonny preached and the building was full and there was a move of God. Sunday night there was more people. Uh, Monday night the crowds continued to swell and everybody began at that saying, hey, we're gonna keep this meeting going. And I said, well, I don't know. I said, Sonny, you know, we're, we're talking about extending this meeting. I've never, ever extended one. And he said, well, I've already called the next church and said, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to make it. God's doing something incredible. Tuesday night, it's wall-to-wall people. The place is packed. The invitation is given. God is moving. People are being delivered. People are being set free on Wednesday night, which was to be our final service unless we extended the meeting. And Sonny preached well, I, it's such an incredible message. It's probably the only message I've never forgotten the outline from. And I'm actually about to give you that outline. But he preached the first point and people were excited. He preached the second point and people were excited. And he got to the third point and the people folded their arms and grieved the Holy Spirit and God left. Now, much like Samson, when the spirit departed Samson, remember what the Bible says, Samson did not know it. Said, I'll get up and throw the Philistines off like I did before, not knowing Delilah had cut his hair and he had lost the source of his strength. The spirit of God was gone. See, there's this thing that we do. We believe that we meet God on our terms, but in fact, we meet God on his terms. That's why he's God and we're not. Are you with me? And so that, that, that church missed what I believe was the greatest turning point in the life of that congregation. It really wasn't just a long time beyond that that Michelle and I came here because Ichabod, and I'm not saying the church, the church is still going, but the glory departed because they grieved the Spirit of God. Ephesians 4.30, we're warned Matter of fact, if you want to look at Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 5, they are probably two of the most incredible chapters about the behavior of a believer. If you're wondering how you should act and what the Bible says about how that you should live on the, read Ephesians 4 and 5. In the middle of talking about how we should live, 
Paul says, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Welcome to the house of God. Welcome all of our campuses. I believe that we're going to have an incredible opportunity this weekend to where we missed it 28 years ago, 26 years ago. We are not going to miss it this weekend. I hope that you are as hungry for God as I am for you to experience God at a whole nother level. I hope you realize how deeply and how passionately I intercede before God for this congregation. This is the second of a four-part, or the second installment of a four-part series on revival, not a meeting of subsequent services, but of new life, re-again, vival life. So, Last week, if you missed it, please do me a favor. Go online and get it. Go to a resource center. You can get a free CD or DVD. Go to our app. Go podcast it. However you, however you get information, because we laid a theological foundation. And even in our worship experience a few minutes ago, we were reminded of the four things that God told us that to do if we wanted life again from God. The people that are called by God's name would humble themselves and pray and seek the face of God and turn from our wicked ways, then God would, he, God would hear from heaven, heal our, forgive our sins, and heal our land. So I don't know about you, but I'm hungry. I'm hungry for a move of God. Is anybody hungry for God? All right. Now, hungry means you're going to do something about it. So we're going to get down to the nitty and the gritty. Because when revival happens, revival puts eternity back on the forefronts of our hearts and our minds. We get distracted, we get diverted, and we forget about eternity, we forget about heaven, we just focus on getting through the day or the week or what this project or what we've got going or this, this season or this, you know, until the football season's over, basketball or whatever's going on. So I want to give you three attitudes that I'm convinced attract attract revival. Or if we do not have these attitudes, they detract. They push away. They grieve God. And so I want to give you three. And again, I got this outline long ago when Sonny preached for me at that night. And so we'll see how we respond. Are you ready? If anybody's ready, say, I'm ready. If you want, if the attitude that attracts revival, number one, you must be a forgiver. Now, you can be a non-believer. You can have no relationship with God. If you get this point right, your life will be better automatically. Just no question about it. But if you're a Christ follower, if we want the Spirit of God to invade us, we've got to be forgivers. Ephesians 4.32, two verses after the one we just looked at, be kind to one another. Not a lot of kindness in our culture, is there? More critical, hatred. Venom that is spewed. That's why be careful on your social media stuff. Come on, be careful. Be careful what you like. Be careful what you put on your Facebook. Be careful what goes, you know, just be careful. Man, be loving virtually and, and in person. Be kind to one another. Tender hearted. I know the world wants to, wants to callous your heart, but you don't have to let it. Forgiving each other just as God in Christ has also done what to you? It's a critical key component if we want God to move. It is, it, is, it is a critical key component 
if you just want to enjoy your life. But there will be thousands of people this weekend that still are harboring unforgiveness, and it is ruining revival and ruining you. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also do what? But if you do not forgive others, then your heavenly Father will what? Not forgive you your transgressions. Man, this is, this is, this is one of the most brutal passages. Come on. No, no, God has to forgive me, but I don't have to forgive anybody else. Isn't that our attitude? Oh, God is stuck. He has to forgive me, but I don't have to forgive Jack. And see, if you're not careful, here's what we do. We, we all desire grace for ourselves, but the law for everybody else. I forgive me for what I did. I'm so sorry, but hey, you're going to pay up, Jack. You owe me. You're going to pay me. You're going to pay for every single hurtful word. You're going to pay for everything you did to hurt me. You're, listen, I'm going to get you for what you did to me. That's the attitude of the world. We want everybody else to pay while we want to walk freely. That's why it's minor surgery on everybody else. It's major on us. Does that make sense? See, if you're a Christ follower, forgiveness is not an option. We just saw it. It's not an option. Jesus has just been, has just been flogged with a cat of nine tails. He's just been skinned. He's had, a, a, he's had a crown of thorns driven into his skull. He has been abused. He has been mutilated. Josephus, the, histor- the Roman historian of the day, said Jesus was reduced to human rubble. You could not tell whether he was male or female. They had beaten him, throttled him, and as he's hanging on a cross, what does he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. See, Jesus didn't just preach it and teach it. He walked it. Are you with me? Father, forgive them. See, if you choose unforgiveness, then bitterness will build up in your heart. No question about it. And this will ruin your revival. And you will help grieve the Spirit of God that will quench our revival because you bring a bad attitude in with you. Does this make sense? Look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15. See to it that no one comes short of the what? Forgiving others, man, of grace of God. That no root of what? Springing up causes what? And because of that bitterness, and by it, many in the body of Christ are what? Defiled. Bitterness will defile you. Defiling will grieve the Holy Spirit, which will root out revival. It'll root out your joy. See, it will root out, I mean, it'll ruin your marriage. It'll ruin your life. It'll ruin your kids, ruin your family, it'll ruin your friends. It just ruins us. It turns your heart black, and it stops up the rivers of joy that Jesus wants us to drink freely of. So what would you rather drink of, bitterness or joy? It's not an IQ test. Come on. This is the deal. It's it's what God wants us to do. Jesus tells a story, a parable of a king who could, end of the month, he calls in everybody that owes him money. A guy comes up, he owes the king a billion dollars. Such an exorbitant amount of money can never be paid back. And the king says, sell his wife and sell his children and put him in debtor's prison, to which the debtor fell fell before the king 
asking forgiveness and time. If you'll let me, I'll pay it all back. And then King say, no problem. Just forget the debt. It's good. You're good. Have a great day. Now, should that challenge, should that, would you be excited about that? A billion dollars. But he leaves the presence of the king now, all of his debt forgiven, goes down the road and sees the guy that owes him $5. Grabs him, chokes him, punches him, throws him on the ground, give me my $5. Listen, I don't have it, but if you'll give me a little time, I'll get it, which he could get $5. That dude could have never paid his debt back. What does he say? Throw him in debtor's prison. And then the king heard what the servant did and called him back in and sold his wife and sold his children and put him in debtor's prison. See, when you, when you harbor unforgiveness, it's going to get on you, kids. It's going to, and I don't know about you, but I've been, forg- I've been forgiven a ton. Am I the only heathen in the house? Man, I was forgiven a lot. And those that have forgiven a lot are to be forget, are to forgive. Forgive others. See, unforgiveness makes you mean. I had some, I had some people in my life, sex abuse, physical abuse. I shared Jesus with them, loved those guys, forgave those guys. Absolutely. Why? Why'd you do it, Chris? Because nobody gets the key to my joy but King Jesus. Are you with me? He said, but Chris, you don't understand what they did to me. No, actually, I really do understand. What I understand is Jesus forgave you a whole lot more than you need to forgive them because you've hurt just as many people as those people that have hurt you. And, and the crazy thing is they hurt you 30, 40, 50 years ago, and you let them keep hurting you because you let them hinder your walk with God. You let them ruin your current relationships. Come on, guys. Come on. Does this make sense? And we let him keep hurting us. Listen, I'm not going to let somebody to hurt me when I was 12 years old hurt me at 58. It's, a, it's gone. Or, does that make sense? So let me ask you a question. Is there somebody you need to forgive? Is there somebody you need to text? Is there somebody you need to go to coffee with this week? Is there somebody you need to let off the hook? See, because here's the problem. You think that they're on the hook when you're the one that's really on the hook. So let them go. Cut them loose. And you'll, listen, they really don't care. It was a lady at our congregation. I preached a message, I think it was last year, about forgiveness. She had been sexually abused by her father. She literally later that week got in her car, drove to Morristown, said, knocked on the door. Her father came to the door she had not seen in years and said, I forgive you for what you did for me. Came in and led him to Jesus. See, come on. Come on, guys. Come on. Does this make sense? So right now, God has begun bringing images, names to you, and people that are coming across your, your, your mind that you need to let off the hook. So listen, attitude number one. Attitude, you gotta be a, you got to be a forgiver. Number two, you got to be a thanksgiver. Come on. Man, you got to be a thanksgiver. First Thessalonians chapter 5 says this, rejoice. How often? You can't rejoice if you're grumbling because you got cheated. Pray without what? And everything do what? For this is God's will in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. 
Man, we are to, in everything, get, we don't give thanks for everything, but we give thanks in everything. Are you with me? This is, see, revived saints possess an attitude of gratitude. Why do you say that? Because you can't worship if you don't have an attitude of gratitude. And here the enemy has a heyday with us. Let me tell you why. Because we're Americans. Hey, and we, we, we all believe that more is better, don't we? Come on, more money better? If you don't think some, just give me some of yours. So we, 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 we're in this more's better, and I got that. I, but here's, here's, here's the thing. We're so Americanized that most of us feel cheated by God. Have you, ever, have you ever given your kid a present and they unwrapped it and you could tell they didn't like it and they threw it down and walked away? Just chunked it, turned around and walked away. How must God feel when God has given us everything that we have? Instead of saying, wow, thank you, God. What incredible job. Thank you. We say, well, I deserve a better job. I should make more money. I've been cheated on and on and on. Are y'all with me? Come on. We need an attitude. You cannot worship without an attitude of gratitude. Gratitude flows from a thankful heart that's just grateful to God. See, all of our hearts are full of something. Do y'all agree with that? The question is, what's your heart full of? Are you grateful? Are you grateful for, listen, there are a lot of people in the hospital that love to change places with you right now. There are a lot of people whose families are falling apart. There are people who don't have a job. There are people that are struggling with, with cancer and death and divorce. There are people who are struggling with all kind of stuff. Come on. We ought to be, we're the most blessed people on the planet. Does that make sense? Man, it's, Come on, I love this like the old hymn, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. Why would it surprise you? Because we don't count our blessings. Most of us count where we got cheated. Is that right? Come on. I'll follow you around this week. Come on. <laughs> See, gratitude is a choice. It's a godly perspective. And it's in one of the new roads God wants you to walk. See, if you've, got a, if you've got the right perspective, then you can be effective. But if you've got the wrong perspective, you're not going to be effective. Your marriage, your family, your ministry, your finances, your job, you're not going to be, it's just not going to be what God wants it to be. Does this make sense? So do you think, well, across all of our campuses, there's some people need an attitude adjustment this weekend? Okay, let's, let's get more personal. Do you need an attitude adjustment? Do you need to be able to say, you know what, God, you have blessed me. I'm so sorry that I've griped and complained about the blessings instead of walking with an attitude. See, gratitude is just a choice, isn't it? Don't we make a choice to be negative, right? Right, right? Is it, has anybody got a gun to your head? No, we just make a choice, whether positive or negative, whether we have faith or we don't. We walk in fear or faith. It's all a matter of choice. It's, it's all a matter of perspective. And so I just want to challenge you. There's some people that need to just tell God. I'm going to give you a chance in a few minutes. You just need to tell God, God, you know what? I'm, I'm a gripper and a complainer. Please don't send the snakes to our tents. Because that's what he did with Israel. He just sent snakes until they said, we're so sorry. So I don't want to go home to a snake in my house. 
I'd rather go home to praise and gratitude and worship and the spirit of God and joy. Are y'all with me? And so let's, let's deal with the last attitude. Now, one's hard, two's difficult, three gets to be even harder. So you got to be a what? Number one, you got to do what? Got to be a forgiver. Number two, you got to do what? Be a thanksgiver. And number three, you got to be a what? You see why I've never forgotten this outline? It's so easy. It's so basic. It's so biblical. And it's so real. We miss the opportunity because when Sonny said, you got to be a cheerful giver, people just folded their arms, sat back, and was hoping that point would quickly be passed and something that they could get excited about again. It's just got to be a cheerful giver. This is what it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and chapter 9 are probably the biggest block of, of teaching on generosity in one big spot. It's about, it's about the offering in context and money. Now I say this, he that sows sparingly will reap how? He that sows bountifully will reap how? Each one must do as he has purposed in his or her heart. Not grudgingly. Come on, guys, don't, not grudging or under compulsion. For God loves a what? And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything. He may have an abundance for every good deed. As it is written, he that scattered abroad, he gave to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. That's what God wants us to do. So in context, this passage is dealing with money. And see, this is a a major deal in our lives, right? Is money a major deal? Of course it is. But here's what we do when we, when, we're, when we don't give, when we are, we're, we're not cheerful givers. Let me tell you a couple of things. Number one, we grieve the Holy Spirit when we're what? Is God generous? Does God call us to generosity? It's one of our values. We give generously. And when you choose not to give and you choose to be stingy, it grieves the Holy Spirit. Remember we began Ephesians 4.30, do not grieve the Holy Spirit, but when you're stingy, it grieves the Holy Spirit. Number two. We grieve the Holy Spirit when we're what? See, many of us don't give because we're afraid if I give, I won't have enough money. I've left over. It's fear. Even though God said, don't fear, walk in faith, yet we still live by fear. Grieves the Holy Spirit when we ref- It's not about the church. Come on. I need you to grow up right here right quick. Are you with me? Okay. It's not about the church getting more money. Come on. That's, come on. Grow up. It's about us honoring God and being cheerful givers. If we're hungry for God then we're willing to do whatever it takes. Are y'all with me to see the glory of God fall and revival happen? Then we've got to ask God to break our hearts if we're fearful. Number three, when we agree the Holy Spirit, when we walk without what? Faith, when we refuse to give, it's either because we're stingy, because we don't want to, because we're afraid, we don't have enough faith to believe. If I give, God will bless. Even though God said, test me and check it out, watch me. Come on. We grieve the Holy Spirit then when we are not what? See, three attitudes that attract revival. One of them is a cheerful giver. But see, generosity is not just about money. Generosity, I mean, money really is, is, is easy to be generous with. But let me, tell you, let me ask some other things about generosity. Are you generous with your gifts, the spiritual gifts that God's given you? Are you using them in the body of Christ? Are you taking all your gifts that God gave you and using them all in the world and bringing nothing to the family of God and the house of God? Number two, 
Are you, are you generous about giving your time? And I'm talking about to the kingdom of God, advancing God's agenda. We give time all over the place. Am I serving in the house of God? Number three, what about giving your words? Are you, are you, listen, words are easy to give. Doesn't cost you a dime. Say, you look great today, man. Praying for today. Love today. It's going to be a great day today. By the way, you did a great job yesterday. Man, I love, I can't, I believe. Come on, just giving words of affirmation. It doesn't cost you anything, does it? And yet most, so, so many of us refuse to give words because we're stingy. Some of us are tithers with our cash, but not with our tongue. So come on, we got to be generous. And then gen- what about giving your heart, giving your heart to Jesus? Do you know that your heart is the throne in which Jesus is seated upon in your life? So man, is Jesus comfortable because you're a forgiver? You're not harboring bitterness against anyone. Are you a thankful giver? You just walk in gratitude, bless every day on. Cannot believe how good God's been to you. This is ridiculous. How could God bless me like that? That's why I say all the time I'm God's favorite. And nobody, I had one lady three weeks ago say, hey, by the way, Pastor, I'm, I, I'm so sorry, but you, you're wrong. I said, really? What's that? She said, you can be number two, but you can't be number one because I'm his favorite. <laughs> I about kissed her. Because, see, people don't believe that, do they? Oh, no, come on. I really, you read my journal all the time, guys, can't believe. I just, man, is, is Jesus comfortable in your, in your heart, in your life? In 2 Corinthians 9, 13, Paul talked about the proof that was given in this ministry. We're talking about the offering. They will glorify God for your obedience, your generosity, and your confession of the gospel and of Christ and for the liberality of your contribution. And your offering, it brings God glory when you, when you bring your offering, when you are not stingy, when you just give it, it brings God glory. Matter of fact, you know what I found out that day? Kyle, Pastor Kyle Wall got saved in an offering. That's crazy. We got to talking about this, actually this experience at Bethel. And he said, man, I got saved in an offering. He said, I get saved in an offering. He said, man, I was in camp. Myrtle, Mississippi, Camp Zion. Now, folks, you're just Baptist on steroids. This is back when they ran and jumped and hooped and hollered. I mean, you thought they were charismatic Baptists. And, and they take an offering, and the guy that ran the camp was a large man, and he'd pull his, he'd pull his 54 size jacket, and they'd take an offering. And the Spirit of God would get moving, man. People start giving everything their jewelry, their rings, cars. And, and Kyle saw people get so freed up, he wanted some of that Jesus. Come on, faith promise. People want some of the Jesus because we're generous people, or they want to stay far away from us because we're stingy. Are you with me? Now, I believe that repentant, that revival follows repentance. So this is what I want you to do. I want you, we're going to take about a minute, two, I don't know, we'll see. And I just want you to, if, if listen, you can sit right there and do nothing and wait on us, that'll be fine. Or you can make an altar right where you are. You can spin around. You can bow, you can, you can get on your knees. And so if you, need to, if you need to forgive anyone, let's tell God. If you've, been, if you've been a gripper and a complainer, not had gratitude, just go ahead and repent, tell God you're sorry, and you're gonna start walking in, you're gonna start walking in gratitude. What am I gonna do? Go back and get Halloran Hill's message last year, the weekend after Thanksgiving, and do what Halloran said, he'll help you. And then number three, if you're stingy, you haven't been generous, just tell God, God, I repent. And I'm going to start, I'm going I'm to join the generosity journey. I'm going to start giving, not next month, not next year. I'm going to start giving now. 
Because see, partial disobedience is still disobedience. Partial obedience is still disobedience. I want God to move. Are you with me? So right now, just go ahead. God, in this holy moment, would you allow people to touch you? Just if you can, just get on your knees. You can sit where you are. Do whatever you need to do. Right now, just tell God. Spirit of the living God, would you fall fresh on us as we repent, as we come before you and lay out where we've sinned and come short of the glory of God, people that we've had bitterness against, being ungrateful, or just for whatever reason, not being givers. Lord, as we repent, I pray that revival would break out. I pray that the rest of this day would be incredible. I pray that that this coming week would be, there'd be something different every day, that there'd be a freshness of your spirit, that we would drink, that, that we would walk the road of repentance and we would drink the river of revival. So Spirit of God, would you fall in the house on every one of us. Help us walk through our commitments, whether it's giving or texting someone or calling someone or sitting down with someone or whether it's making a list, whatever we need to do to be thankful, God, Help us rock the house with the revival is our prayer in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. now, listen, that, that's for believers. But if you've not yet stepped over the line into faith, if you've not yet given your heart to Jesus, your life, given him full authority and everything, then right now we're going to give you an opportunity to, to literally just give your life to Jesus, to pray a simple confessional prayer, but it's very profound and that you're going to turn from your sin, and you're going to invite Christ in to forgive you and be the Lord, the ruler, the boss of your life. He's got a better way. He's got a better way. So the heads bowed all of our campuses. Pray this prayer with us. Say, Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. We're separated. It's all me. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Help me walk obediently and honor you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Amen. Come on, all God's people said. Now, if you just pray that prayer with me, if you'll take the communication card, fill the top part out, I'm making this check. I'm making a first-time decision to follow Jesus. I'd encourage you to uh, check circle number two. I need to be baptized. This weekend is the fifth Sunday so we don't have next steps on fifth Sunday. Next week, we'll pick back up at week one. If you've not been a part of next steps, it is, where, it is an incredible opportunity. It's a four-week experience of you finding your purpose and significance in the Lord. It will change your life. So you can check uh, circle number three. I'd like to attend next steps. Sign up and show up. Next week, Pellissippi at 615 service at 1130 at all the other campuses on the weekend. Hadn't it been good to be in the house of the Lord? Man. And I don't, the elders and staff and myself, man, we have been pressing in on this issue of revival.
So as we get ready to, to love God, we love him through the word, we love him in worship, we love him because God is a forgiving, gracious, loving, incredible God that desires a relationship with us. So as we move into generosity and get ready to, to give so that others can know him, and again, some of you, this is going to be your first time, you never get, if you're a guest, listen, guest, all the offering we ask is put the communication card in the offering bucket when it passes, and if you'll go through the center doors at those round tables, we have a gift for you. But let me tell you what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7. For everyone who asks, they receive. He that seeks finds, and who knocks, it'll be open. What man is there among you who, when his son asks for a loaf, would give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, would not give him a snake? Will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father, who is in heaven, give what is good to those that ask? And so God gives before we ask. God gives better than we ask. He gives more than we ask. He's a generous God. And so generosity is a part of our heart saying, God, we love you. We know everything is yours. We're bringing 10% back to you. And so for some of you, again, this will be the first time. Others, by the way, Heart for the Harvest is coming. It is not long away. Michelle and I are already, God's blessed and sent us some money that we're setting aside for Heart for the Harvest and excited about what God is up to. I'm going to bless, and the ushers, I'm going to ask God to bless, and the ushers are coming. God, take this offering and use it for your honor and your glory. God, let there be no, let there be no hindrance on our part, but God, we pray that you would freely move in power and in glory in this offering. Bless the gift and the givers, our prayer in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. come on, all God's people said, give me a shout as we get to give. <laughs>